0: One of my best friends, in Trent, says something. He's like, no, you want to be creative 10 out of 10 times. But in reality, you only need to be creative 1 out of 10 and copy 9 out of 10 because people have already figured it out. What is up, you sexy bastards? It's your boy, Cold Brew, a.k.a. Rabot Can Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. Today, we are doing, answering your questions, numero seis. You ask them, I answer them, and hopefully it inspires you or helps you on your business journey. Questions we have today. Number one, we have someone who's asking about how to product launch an app, Sumo, which is very cool. We'll call it your product. How do I go from there? How do I go from launch to orbit? Question number two, how do you strategically think about working for companies? And number three, what's your advice on knowing when to continue a new business versus focusing on your main business? We got that and other businessy things to talk about. If you want a question in a future episode, go to okdork.com slash ask Noah and submit your questions. Let's get it on. Before we dive into the episode, make sure you go to appsuma.com slash Noah. That's it. AppSumo.com slash Noah. Just do it on your phone. Sign up for our newsletter. Get some cool deals on software. Have a lot of fun. All right. Question number one is from Ben Apple. By the way, dope name. Thank your parents. Noah, longtime listener, lurker, and first-time reacher, outer. That sounds perverted. Just had a couple of questions that I thought about while brushing my teeth and thought you may have some great insight. One, I hope you all are brushing teeth twice a day. I don't know if you've ever addressed this, but do you think there's something special about you? <laughs> no. <know>. Uh to have <laughs> worked at Mint and FB, aka Facebook so early on. Or were you simply strategic, strategic, I was joking, in how you sought out and landed roles at these companies. In today's climate, how would you think strategically about companies to work for? Ben, what a great question. I think about you when I'm brushing my teeth. How coincidence. So let's take a step back in time. 1984. Just kidding, it wasn't that long ago. I'm not that old. But Was there anything special about me? Kind of, not really. So for working at Facebook, let's just break these down specifically, and then we'll talk about how do you approach companies that you want, and then how do you make yourself stand out? It's actually exceptionally easy to stand out, because almost no one does nothing, which makes it a lot easier for people like you, who are going to achieve and put in a little bit more work. So at Facebook, I think what really stood me apart at Facebook, and specifically, was geographically. So, the question for yourself is that are you in the categories or industries of other people that you want to meet? So, for me at Facebook, I was in the Bay Area. I graduated Berkeley and then I stayed at Intel because I wanted to be in tech. And the same with Mint. So, number one, just think about geographically. It doesn't just mean physically, it also just means industry. So, right now, I'm in the content creation industry. So, I'm really meeting a lot of really interesting companies and people in that space. And the same goes with AppSumo. I'm in the software space. So, I meet a lot of really interesting people all across the world in that. So geographically, are you in the area? Because I think that'll definitely make a difference. And then secondly, geographically, in your industry or category, are you in the right places? Now, in terms of strategically, how I sought out and landed roles at these companies, let's break each of these ones down. So for me at Facebook, I wasn't looking for a job there to start. I always wanted to be in tech. I always wanted to build software and internet companies and get super rich. I didn't know how it was supposed to happen. I felt like, I was like, where's the book that I'm supposed to read that I have not read yet? But before Facebook, you know, I worked at Intel. I barely got that job. Doing supply chain, so it wasn't really anything relevant. But in my free time, I was building a tremendous amount of online college related companies. So I built ninjacard.com, collegeup.org, comegetuse.com, hfgconsulting.com. So there's just a lot of different things that I built. So it was very relevant. So it's like, oh, this person has already proven that they can do the thing that we're looking to hire. A lot of times when you're hiring, I think about one simple thing What is my confidence level that this person can deliver on the things that I need? And it's the same for the person applying for a job. Like, what's the expectation this company is actually going to give me what I need in my own life? But as the person hiring, that's really what I'm looking for. I need someone to do X. What's my confidence level that they can actually do it? So number one, I just applied cold to Facebook. I didn't have anything special. I think the two key things that really helped me get the job there was number one, I had a lot of evidence that I'm doing something similar in that space, and I've taken initiative to make that happen. Now, the second thing that really helped me get the job there is that when I came in for my in-person interview, I brought a lot of mock-ups. So I already showed what I would do if I got the job. And I like this in sales, and I like this when people apply for jobs, is that how do you make it a no-brainer? How do you make it just like, they're gonna have to hire you? So if you're bringing mock-ups, if you're bringing sales data, if you're bringing a customer, if you're bringing support tickets, if you're showing that you've replied to people on Twitter for them, if you show that you've already done the blog post for them, like how do you make that such a no-brainer for people to say like, yeah, we need this person? So that was Facebook. And then at Mint.com, I think you have to take a step back on that one, which is how did I get the job there? If you connect the dots, I was able to get the job there because when I told you when I was at Intel, one of the things I was working on was hosting events. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I did this thing called entrepreneur27.org. I did communitynext.com. So I was just hosting meetups. I just loved hosting people and bringing people together. And that connected me to a guy named Dave McClure. Dave McClure said, hey, Noah, I know you've been blogging. So one thing, Ben, that's helped me at Facebook and kind of hurt me at Facebook, uh, but it's been a extreme net positive and benefit in my life monetarily and just not emotionally, but just personally in terms of who I've met is blogging. And so I think Dave saw that I was blogging about personal finance. He knew I've done some marketing. I met him at one of my events, I believe. And through that, he said, hey, there's this company Mint. I invested a little bit of money in it. The founder is really interesting. I think you should meet him. So I met the founder and he was like, I'm looking for a director of marketing. I was like, oh, perfect. I can introduce you to my friend Kareem. Sent it to Kareem. Kareem's like, I'm not interested. And then I thought, you know what, actually, let me see this Mint product. So I saw it, I actually got to see it. And I was like, oh my God, I want this product. And so kind of the similar thing at Facebook that happened at Mint, I told the the founder, Aaron, I'd love to do this job. He's like, you've never done marketing, you're not experienced, you're not skilled, like, no. I said, well, let me put together a plan of what I would do here for the next three months with a clear outcome. And if you like it, you can hire me. I'll execute it on a hourly basis. So you can just pay me hourly as a contractor. And if you like it, then give me full time after three months in equity. And so I spent a week for free, like researching. I never did marketing. I just promoted things I liked. And so I put together this plan, which became the Mint Marketing Plan, which has gotten, it was pretty well known. And it was for free. It wasn't like, I think a lot of people nowadays when they email for jobs, like, hey, is there anything you need help with? Hey, I'm a young person. I'd love to help you. What do you need? I'm like, damn, bitch, I don't know. Like I got all the things going on and I got nothing going on. But make it easy for them to say yes. And so I knew he needed a marketer. I knew he wanted someone to deliver on a specific goal. I put together a plan that he could see could be able to do that. And it made it a no-brainer for him to give me the job. And then I think within like a month, he transitioned me to full-time because I was delivering on what I promised. So now if we move forward in today's climate, how would you think strategically about companies to work for? Now, I think there's multiple components of that question. So I think number one is what's the story arc or narrative you want to have about your career? So is your career like a zigzag? Like mine is kind of like a little bit of a sloppy Joe where it's like, I knew I wanted to do startups. I knew I wanted to do tech. I knew I wanted to do entrepreneurship. And it was like, Intel, supply chain, Facebook, product management, Mint marketing. Then I started my own company with games. Then eventually it led me to AppSumo, which was like, okay, I'm going to do marketing of tech companies that I like and promote them, which was like a combination of everything I ever loved. So I would try to work backwards from like, where do you want to end up? And my end up was always being an entrepreneur, starting businesses, trying things out myself, maybe building teams around me, which is what we've ended up doing. But that was my end story. So think about what your story is. It'll make it easier for, okay, well, how does this fit into my story? Now, number two that I started talking about earlier is what company to work at. This is a tough question. I think the two things that I would really consider is that what are the companies I'm just using actively all the time? And one thing to always remember is that working at a company is different than using the company. What I mean by that is that using AppSuite and buying products and using the tools or watching YouTube is very different than a job. A job sometimes is a job. So I know sometimes people get that confused, but I do think it's important. Why don't you just look in your phone see which app you use, go to your computer history, see which things you use, look at your credit card bill, see what things you're paying for. And I would try to work for one of those companies. That would be one of the first steps I would think about, about which company do I actually want to strategically be a part of. The other way I would consider companies are what are industries that I can see getting bigger over the next few years. So health food is very interesting. Biohacking with Oura Ring and all those stuff is very, very interesting. I think content creation, content creation tools very interesting. Software is gonna be around for probably our whole lifetime is very interesting. I think how people are living, like, is it going to be in, like, communal living? Is it going to be remote? Is it going to be in houses? Is it going to be apartments, micro apartments, whatever that is? Very interesting. There's a lot of really interesting things that I think categorically are just going to become tidal waves is what I like to call them. And so I think you want to figure out, A, is there products or categories you just like? B, are there industries that are just going to be tidal waves that you can be a part of? Or C, is there just someone you want to be around? Now, what you have to realize about being around someone is that they're not going to give you as much time as you probably think but you'll probably get a lot of growth just being around them. I know that there's people that wanna work with me and for some reason, and they're like, oh, cool, I'm learning this. I'm like, really, how'd you learn that? I didn't even tell you anything. You're like, yeah, I just observed it. So I would say is like, is there anyone who's lived the blueprint or haircut or life that you think you might want that you can just go be around? And I think that would be strategically a good decision. So part one, story arc. Part two, company category, person selection of what to join. And then part three is how to stand out. So in today's climate, It's becoming better as an employer and I would say worse as a potential employee to get a job because the market's tightening up, people are hiring less, means that there's more quality candidates for choose from for companies, which is great for company owners, great for businesses. It's also great for starting a business too. It means that, fuck it, don't have to be an employee and go start your own company. How to actually stand out. So I gave you two examples of what I did. So at Mint, I proposed a plan. At Facebook, I did mock-ups. At absumo.com, I've seen a tremendous amount of different ways. And these are the people that have always stood out to me, which is A, they've built websites. Like they're like, hey, hire me at absumo.com. I've seen a ton of people do that. There's people like Mitchell who volunteered. So he volunteered at our sumo charity ride for a long period of time. He did that numerous times and he was just so damn good at it. I was like, hey, do you want to do other stuff? He's like, sure. And I think that was his intent all along, but that guy's a smart one. There was Jeremy who actually now runs our entire YouTube channel as the GM. So he offered to do Instagram marketing for me early on. And I was like, wow, you're really good at this. You want to help do other things? Like, sure. And he ended up taking over. Now he's end up doing all of our YouTube and content with me. So I think the one strategically way to do it is how do you create something that you can show them that shows initiative, either a side project or that benefits the company specifically? I think not enough people do that. I think the second thing that I've seen people do is get referrals. So a lot of people just submit their resume and pray. And I think you're probably gonna get the same results as everyone else, which is not get the job. Now, what I've noticed at AppSumo.com, we've done 4,000 plus deals over the past 12 years, is that 90% of the best deals are ones we find. There are 10% that come inbound, but 90% of the ones that we go out there and find. So what that means is the same thing with hiring, is that most of the inbound hiring is not great. So how do you stand out externally to get people to look for you? So number one, as I already said, create things to the center of the company. Number two, get referrals. Number three, put yourself out there in ways that people want to come to you. Are you tweeting really well? Do you have a cool GitHub? Did you create like a fun project that people can talk about? How are you attracting attention? And there is a balance to that because sometimes I see people that are content creators are putting out these projects. I'm like, do they actually want a job or do they just want to keep going on that? And and there's no wrong answer. But I would try to say this option three, like how do you become a magnet that people actually want to come to you? And lastly, I would say I'm thinking about specifically this guy named Christopher Todd. We just hired him at AppSumo. He's a staff or senior engineer. The guy's phenomenal. Really excited about him. And so what's interesting about him is that from his perspective, he strategically has the skills that are in high, high demand right now, which is very specific stuff with engineering. And so I would think about that for yourself. If you're, say, you're making 50K as customer support or 30K and you're like, man, I want to make six figures. I want to make seven figures. You're probably not going to do that in that role. So strategically, what are areas that companies like go to LinkedIn or Indeed or companies that you want to work for and see, is there any consistent job that all of them are hiring for? Maybe it's email marketing manager. Maybe it's a software developer. And then figure out, okay, well, I'm doing this basic role that there's a lot of competition for. Can I shift myself? Can I get the skills in the next six, 12 months working for free, doing an internship, doing it low pay to become an expert in that category? And so when you interview with them, you're just like, oh my God, we have to hire this person because there's not that many people that are great at that, which is also the case. Damn, I didn't think I'd had that much about this question, but it turns out I do. So I hope that helps you strategically find jobs that are out there, man, or create your own job. All right, question number two, Peter Onwe. This is so cool. Hey, Noah, I'm a 25-year-old founder from Africa. I founded a software company called Email Writer. That's email, W-R-I-T-R.com. You can find this on appsuma.com. It's sold out now, but you can sign up to hopefully find out when it comes back. This is so damn cool. You can also check out their website, emailrider.com. They were a super popular deal on AppSumo. This is just so cool to see. And his question, we just rounded up our campaign last month on AppSumo and yes, it went well, but I always want more. Why? So my question is, what is your best advice for someone who just finished running a lifetime deal on AppSumo and wants to go more MRR? That is a great question. and that is what a lot of software companies are aiming for. They want to get launched, which AppSumo is the number one place to do that for software products. And then how do they get consistent recurring revenue? So if it were me, I would go look at who's done it from AppSumo that I could just go copy or learn from. And I think one of the biggest examples is Lemlist. Lemlist. I think he's at 10 million ARR after launching an AppSumo. Same as Plutio. There's a guy named Leo from Plutio. I think he's over a million ARR from launching an AppSumo. So first off, go get on the call with these guys. Or go just look at what they're doing and copy it. I think sometimes one of my best friends, Ian Trent, says something. He's like, no, you want to be creative 10 out of 10 times. But in reality, you only need to be creative 1 out of 10 and copy 9 out of 10 because people have already figured it out. So I think there's a lot of different things that you can be doing. You have a lot of cash. You have a lot of exposure. And you have a lot of customers. So I would just go on the phone and talk with them and say, hey, you're loving the product. I would see who's actually using the product and figure out what else are they excited to give you money for. Instead of just trying to jump right into MR, because you just have a bunch of cash that you may not need to do MR, I would pace yourself too. So try to think a little patiently about, all right, what's my goal in terms of this AR, MR experience? Because maybe you could do other ways of making money that aren't recurring. I don't have a great specific thing. The way that we've done it, like at sumo.com, when we did pricing is that we basically just kept evolving our recurring subscriptions based on who is our customer and what is the thing that's actually really valuable for them. So one thing that's, that I found fascinating is like unbounce.com. They used to charge based on landing pages, but they found out people are creating landing pages to get email signups. So now the recurring revenue is all about you get a certain amount of conversions. It doesn't matter how many landing pages you do. Who cares about that? But the real value there is that. Same thing with appsuma.com. So when we were creating that, we were collecting emails and it was free. Everything was free. And it was like, well, if you're using MailChimp, you may not be making money, but if you're using Klaviyo or HubSpot, you're already spending at least 100 bucks a month. So you have some money. So why don't we make those premiums? And it was just like instantly really good for premium customers that have the money. They know the value of the money and they have no problem paying for it. And the people who don't want to pay for it and can just get access to the basic versions for free, were happy. So I think one of the big things I've always told people and I've experienced is that your pricing and subscription stuff will change. So be flexible with that. Grandfather in your old people, respect them, but just be aware that you're going to keep evolving it. So those are some of the ways that I would be approaching and thinking about MRR and also, congrats, man. I would reflect on wanting more. That is something as I've become 40, it's like, a, and they say in Yiddish, it's got to be mindful of it, is that want more forever just is exhausting, right? It's a forever chase that never ends. And so I would balance, and this is a really interesting thing in business, like, how do you balance contentment and satisfaction with a desire for growth? I'm not knocking it. I don't think it's a bad thing. But I would encourage you to just be thinking about, all right, well, what do I really want and why do I want this? And the more you get your why dialed in, I know everyone talks shit about why stuff, like get your why, 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 why. But the more you have that kind of dialed in, I think the easier and more successful you're ultimately gonna be. All right, question number three from Jason Thompson. Sounds like a baseball player. What is your advice on knowing when to continue to create new businesses versus focusing on your main business? Thanks, Jason. Short question, short answer. When you ask that question is when you should keep focusing on your main business. 10 out of 10 times, there's so much more meat left on the bone of your existing business than starting a new business. And anybody who starts companies is always thinking, my next company is going to be the really big, big, big one. I've started AppSumo 12 years ago, and we've tried, I don't know, 10 different businesses within that time. And Sumo.com actually came pretty damn close. We made some mistakes internally. But almost if we would have just focused on AppSumo that whole time, it would have been bigger. And now, if you think about that for all other businesses out there, how many other companies have really had a second business that's gotten so much significant, right? Like Facebook did buy Instagram and WhatsApp, so I would give them those two. Maybe Oculus, Google, besides the ad business, maybe YouTube, maybe Gmail subscriptions, Amazon, maybe it's just AWS. So I think that's really something to take time on is that be very intentional if you're thinking about your new business, because it will not be easier. It will be harder. And you could probably just do a lot more with what's already working on your existing business. Can you go back to your existing customer base? Can you go back and do more with marketing you've already done? Can you go and actually get referrals? Can you expand the pricing or offering of what you're already doing? And I think people, including myself, I'm definitely guilty of this. I'm like, oh, this next thing's gonna be easier and more successful and I'll be happier. And really, they're all gonna be work either way. Make sure there's upside with all of it, meaning that the market's still sizable for what you're doing. And just continue on the main business. So maybe here's a metric that can give you an idea with this, is that if you've hit 50% penetration of your target market of customers, do a new business. Otherwise, stick with the main business. That is what I've experienced. Look, I'm wrong most of the time. But sometimes I'm pretty right, and it works out really well. I think what I would consider in a lot of businesses, though, is that do your main business, but think, all right, well, what is my upside? What's my growth in this company? So at AppSumo.com, we do deals, and there is a certain amount of deals we can do. All right, so how can we continue to grow? It's fun to grow. It's fun to evolve and progress. All right, so we have to think of other things within the business to be able to do that. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily think that way. They're like, oh, I'll start something brand new. That's the wisdom I've picked up over the past 20 years is keep doing more of what works. Don't think it's gonna be easier moving to the next thing. And there's a lot more meat on the bone until you get to at least 50% market penetration. All right, well, that was answering your questions number, sheesh. I think that's Hebrew for six. Um, If you want to ask questions in a future episode, go to okdork.com slash ask Noah. And if you want to shout out in a future episode, leave a review where you ever listen to this one. I check every single one of them. And make sure you sign up for my newsletter at sendfox.com slash Noah. And create your own newsletter, sendfox.com. I want to give a shout out to Jason, podcasttech.com. He makes he does all these episodes. Thank you to George, Jeremy, Hubert, Tasa, Cam, Nikki, and Jen from the Dork team for putting all this together. Thank you to the designers at Absumo, Molly, Trent, Preston, and Stephanie. Y'all make Absumo look great, really, really impressive. Have a sunny day. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like to put in your coffee? I'm drinking a cold brew, it's a little vanilla. Little